Hello and welcome back to the Physio Foundations podcast for another week. This week I'm talking to Susanna and that's Susanna Periton about her recent experience working as a physio up in the ski fields of Falls Creek in Victoria, Australia. And yes, Australia does have snow. So you're going to find out all about that in a minute. Welcome back to the Physio Foundations podcast. This is a podcast about the knowledge and skills that form the foundation of expert clinical practice. And remember, this is a discussion aimed at health professionals and health professional students. So always seek the guidance of a qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding your own health or a medical condition. So this week, I'm joined by my good wife, Susanna, sports physiotherapist, PhD candidate, the other half of Periton.Physio. So Susanna. Thanks for joining us again. Hello, hello. Nice to be back. This is we've been, it's been a few weeks now, so um, I've missed a few weeks of releasing episodes, and um, we've been really busy with project work and coordination of of teaching at the university. And Susanna's been busy as well, and Susanna's been away. She's had a whole week up at Falls Creek, and I thought, what a perfect chance to reconvene with Physio Foundations and sort of share that story of what you did. So um, let's find out about it. So what happened? What did you do? Where have you been for the last week? And why did you go up to Falls Creek skiing and working and tell everyone what happened? Well, I guess the, to start off with, I met Luke, my husband, the other That's half me. of his. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, I met him skiing. So I learned to ski when I was a, a physio student, um, went over to Colorado for a working visa um, and just worked the ski fields, learned to ski, loved it so much, went back and uh, did a couple of ski seasons and tried out to be a ski instructor and got that job. So the uh, the love of skiing began sort of when I was 21. Um, I've been able to travel with the Australian Paralympic ski team. Um, I've been able to do locums for different uh, ski-related clinics. So uh, I've, I've done a fair bit in skiing and, and that's um, really important, I guess, any sort of physio working in different sports um, is to have an idea of the actual sport itself. Um, and at, uh, this time, you know, where I worked in Colorado, it was a very much a skier, skier environment, uh, not a lot of snowboarders um, when I was up at fall. So I was lucky enough um one of my good friends owns a clinic up there and was looking for, for a locum to fill in before the next uh, physio came in and did a, a large stint. So um, I put my hand up. I was very lucky to go up and be able to ski and work and study for the week. Um, but back to what I was saying is um, over at Falls Creek in Australia, there, there's sort of, I guess it was almost 50-50, the snowboarders and um, skiers. So uh, I was very happy that I've done one day of snowboarding um, where I tried to snowboard. Unfortunately, it hadn't snowed a lot. Um, and to learn to snowboard, um, they put you on this pommer, which I think was a big mistake. Um, <laughs> yeah, for those that don't know what a pommer is, it's a, a stick with a sort of a disc on the end that you sort of put between your legs, uh, takes you up the mountain or up a, a little bit of the mountain, um, and then you can ski or snowboard down. Um, pretty easy on skis. 
you just put it between your legs, up you go. But on a snowboard, because you're sort of on the side, um, if you tip one way, then you'll fall that way. If you tip the other way, you fall that way. So and no one feels sorry for you either in the line. <laughs> Everyone's waiting. Come on, don't fall over. And then the snowboarder falls over and the lift stops or, yeah. Hmm. And yeah I think- no, one, no one goes and helps you either. Good. And I think that's the entertainment for the, the lifty, you know. That's Yeah. <laughs> so I've worked as a lifty. I did two seasons with my brother in Colorado. And the first season, so Susanna and I met, as Susanna mentioned, in Colorado, USA, doing the working holiday make a visa thing. And I worked on a lift. Susanna was driving um, Resort Express vans. There was the company and you were working and then you got a ski instructor qualification. So I guess this, this was all post-graduation actually a lot of this stuff so we you know you've got to register as an Australian physio you've got to do exams to register as a, um, a physio in the states but we've worked in the UK as well and we traveled around mm. with, with and physio. skied there too you can <laughs> ski in Scotland everyone <laughs> we had we carried out a big bag of skis thinking that we would do the working in the UK thing and then travel across and do lots of the winter in the Alps and ski France and everything else. And we end up just getting really hooked on local mountaineering and climbing mountains in Scotland and climbed as many of them as we could and just found that was really fun. And it ended up just carrying the skis around for the best part of a year to all these different places. And then we skied for one day on spring ski. It was was probably the last day of this season at Glencoe, wasn't it? Hmm. Mostly rock. It was. But we, we had a good time. Had a good time. You can do a lot with your life with a with a health profession degree, physio degree, or other um, health professional. You can get around, and especially a doctor, for example. You can travel around and do things. So let's talk about that. So let's not just talk about the the physiotherapy work that you did. Obviously, that was it's a life passion of yours to, to ski and, and me as well, and and do sort of working holidays and adventures and try to thread that into your life. When you worked up there. Um, you worked as a physio, you worked in the clinic, you obviously saw lots of people with acute injuries and lots of ACLs and, and um, other injuries. What, what other stuff do you do apart from the physiotherapy treatment when you're in a, working with the ski team, for example, or even last week when you're working up at Falls Creek, what extra stuff do you do that perhaps a new grad physio may not have thought of yet? I, I, Look, as as an experienced physio, the thing that I am really appreciative of is a the experience with the people that I've met um, and their experiences. So, for example, um, I work, you know, doing a PhD uh, full time, and I work in a sports clinic one day a week. But you, you don't get the fresh ACLs coming into to that particular clinic. Um, and that was the, the biggest difference here was um, in this week, the amount of uh, braces that I um, had to fit for ACLs and understanding, you know, where the research has gone. Um, and it was really, really nice to be able to talk to people like Jane Rooney um, and Simon Roos um, and the previous physio, Spencer Jack, Jackman, that was there. Um, and it, and it's getting the opinions of orthopaedic surgeons as well. So they've all had these discussions of what's the best way to manage um, these ACLs. And the other thing is, is understanding the difference. Um, 
you know, we might just think, oh, okay, ACL, you might think of that unhappy triad when we're, we're learning about it so that, um, you know, the ACL, the medial meniscus um, and the medial collateral ligament. I think with skiing, the, the biggest thing that you've got there as well is the traumatic side. Um, so really, you know, a ski can get caught or just like I was uh, talking about before, understanding, um, you know, snowboarding. So I always thought that snowboarding, you know, skiing, you got your skier's thumb and you've got your knee injuries. Um, so this is in the beginning. And then the snowboarders, um, because their feet are locked in, it's more about the wrists and the shoulders, you know, the shoulder dislocations and things like that. But you forget that they take one one foot off um, when they're getting on and off the lift, and that's where they're very, you know, they're most vulnerable. Um, and one of the patients that I had, which unfortunately did become an ACL, uh, was she, she was on the lift um, on her own thinking, great, and then two skiers came on. And sort of so she really went to the one side um, of her her bit of the lift, thinking I want to get away <laughs> from the skier because, um, I, you know, she was a little bit nervous getting off. Um, so she's got one leg in the snowboard and then there's one leg that you use to sort of push off and, and glide off to the, off the chairlift. And unfortunately, um, she put her uh, spare foot on top of the other person's ski as they'd sort of shuffled across. So when they came off, he, you know, skied off with her foot on his ski and her other foot is locked in the snowboard up, up you know, where the chairlift is. So um, tangle, 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 and off goes the uh, the ACL. But, mm, disappointing um, is the word that popped into my head, disappointing. She'll just be going about her business and that, that happens. And then we've got skiers versus snowboarders too. Yeah, so there, there, and there's your ACL <laughs> in the snowboarder, yeah. Mm. Um, and the the thing up there is is the other injuries. So, you know, those kissing lesions or tibial plateau fractures as well. Hang on, let's define that one, kissing lesions. <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> yeah. You're the expert here. I'm not an expert, but it's it's just where the bone meets the bone. So, so you can get like an impact fracture, um, non-displaced. So, um. I think typically, and look, I might be wrong, but the ones that I saw were the lateral um, femoral condyle um, of the femur. And so so not only do you have the ligamentous um, and the soft tissue injuries, but you've also got the bony injury um, in there. And that's why it's important uh, with these particular ones that, you know, you do get the MRI and you get a, a plan um, of how to, to rehab these or and which way you're going to go. Are you going to go conservative? Um, are you going to go surgical? You know, always having sort of that orthopedic opinion, whether you're going to go down surgery or not, um, can be quite helpful. Mm. And that's why getting the right people, um, depending on where people live, you know, um, and you having a good list of people to refer to is, is really yeah. important. So you're in the clinic mostly on your own as a physio, but then you talked about the, the importance of a network. Jane Rooney's a you know world expert in ACLs, and you can give Jane a call. Um, not ever, I guess, not everyone can do that, but that's why you build up a network, right? And you, you've got lots of resources online. You, you can get to know surgeons. So tell us a bit about that. So you imagine you're a new grad again. You're working in that clinic. You sort of you feel isolated. But you've just talked about how important it is to involve the doctor if you think there's going to, they're going to require an MRI and a follow-up, a surgical opinion. So how do you actually net, how do you actually do that when you're working on your own in this building? 
and but you need to involve other people. I look. I, I say it a lot with the the thing that I like about. Um, well, I'm going to put it in the realm of the skiing, snowboarding. Um, so the thing that I like about it is working up in a ski field. No one works up there if they don't like it. You know, they, if they don't like the cold and they don't like skiing, they don't like snowboarding. They just people don't go there for that. Um, they won't put themselves in that position. So the people that are up there are all pr- pretty. Um, the same minded and even when I came to this clinic um, as an experienced uh, physio the amount of support um, given to me already when I came in from the the previous physio that was there he said you know if you have any questions just ring me up I've got this 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 and this I can help Um, there are also different um, groups so there's the Olympic Winter Institute of Australia and there's the sports medicine um, chapter of that. I think Peter Kane um, or Kane is most people know him. Uh, he's heavily involved and I've been involved in that. And after uh, this week, I'm thinking maybe I should rejoin. <laughs> but so, so understanding that the, and the mountain as well. So the people that work on the mountain, so there is a medical center there. There is um, an x-ray facility. There isn't an MRI. They have to uh, travel a couple of hours. Maybe I think Aubrey was the, the closest. But they're there to help you as well. Um, one of the, well, the team down there, and I, I got to speak to them. So uh, if you were feeling isolated, there's no reason why um, you can't talk to, A, the people that own the clinic, you know, They've seen it before. They'll know who who to put you in contact with. But also you can wander down to the medical centre and say, oh, look, I'm I'm in the physio. I'm up there. I was just wondering if I could say hello, talk to someone. I mean, I spoke to a couple of the, the doctors um, just in regards to some of the, the, the work cover stuff, um, and that gave me an opening. And then we just stayed online and chatted for ages about, you know, where do we go? with these ACLs. So previously you probably just put them in a Zimmer splint, waited for the so the knee extension splint, waited for an MRI, whereas now they're really trying to um, not like avoid that terminal extension so that lasts probably 20 degrees, um, in which case, you know, when there, there was a suspected ACL, the medical centre would send them back up to the physio. So they'll put them in the, the Zimmer to be comfortable and protect them to get them up to us. And then we'd take the Zimmer off and put a, a, a range of movement um, restriction uh, brace on um, and limiting that, you know, zero to 20. But if they had the range zero to 30, um, and then put it to, you know, maximum 90 degrees flexion. And that to me was really um, a new thing. Um, there is, and I might just uh, pause it here because my battery will die and I want to go through the cross-bracing method. <laughs> we don't want to miss out on that, folks. Hang on, we're pausing. We're, we're going to return to this story. All right, we're back. You're powered up, ready to go again. So we're yeah. talking about um, that acute management of someone with an ACL injury and um, and that we've been going for 20 years, um, how things have changed over that time, those practice trends and and how you had to upskill a little bit to see lots of people with acute ACL injuries and fit those braces. So tell us a little bit more about that. So so I guess the, the, the thing that's emerging right now, I think there was a, a small study, case study, and there was about 16 um, fresh, acute 
ACLs and, and it's called the cross bracing method where they, they aggressively braced the knee into 90 degrees, particularly for the first four weeks. Um, and they can't, can't move out of it. So they're sleeping in it 24 hours a day, obviously non-weight bearing. And it's really to try and encourage um, some healing, which previously thought um, would not be uh, available to the, the, you know, our own self-healing of the, the ACL. Um, but they found, I think, 14 out of 16 displayed um, some healing in that ACL at about 12 weeks. So I think the first four four weeks, they're really aggressive. We just, you're locked in at that 90 degrees um, and then they slowly come out of it. And now they're, they're, there is a um, study coming out of the Australian Institute of Sport where they're, they're looking for these ACLs um, and trying to do a, a much larger cohort and seeing, you know, is, is this feasible? Um, but the only problem is, is having your knee at 90 degrees locked, you can't drive, you know, so that can be a big issue. So you really got to pick uh, your patients. But if, if this study, you know, shows that this is something that is quite quite doable um, and it does lead to good results, good outcomes. I mean, it can really change uh, the world in management of ACLs mm. um, and options. And, look, if I did an ACL and that was an option and I knew I'd, I'd you know, more than likely have a good outcome um, or potential, I'd go it. Um, it does mean that you'd have to shift around uh, your life for, for those, I think, up to 12 weeks, I think. So the first four weeks are more detrimental, but um, I think it would be really good. The other thing is is there's one that's a bit less um, aggressive and that's just putting him in that that range of movement restriction brace and still um, limiting that extension. And I think it's up to six weeks where you've got to keep that brace on um, and that's where, you know, you, you've got, I think, 30 to 90 degrees. Um, and again, you know, this is something that uh, is evolving and um, be really nice to see uh, where it goes. But it, without doing these sorts of experiences where you're putting yourself um, in these, you know, new environments, you just don't, you don't learn. Like you, I find it almost impossible to, to stay up to date with all the research. Mm. And if, if you're not research, if you're not reading for a reason, you're just reading it for the sake of knowing more about ACL management, it's far less interesting than if you're actually preparing for a, a week of, where you're going to see lots of people with ACL injury in the snow, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I mean, obviously ACLs aren't the only thing that I saw. Um, and that's the nice thing about going into different clinics. So, um, as, as a new grad, I mean, and for those that like uh, to be in the, in the sports and feel like they're not really getting anywhere, um, you know, that there's always opportunities for games. You know, you and I did the the Alice Springs Masters games um, initially and that just the, the amount of knowledge because you work in a polyclinic so you've got, you know, top doctors, top physios, you're working all together, you learn a lot. You must um, have put on five kilometres, what's that, three miles of tape on people in about a week at that week up there being the masters games everyone's getting niggles and getting taped and getting treatment 
Exactly. And you learn not only, you know, I mean, you show how you tape because often they, these places are, you know, maybe you're separated by a curtain, sometimes you're not, but there's always the opportunity of watching other physios uh, see how they tape um, and how, right. you know, they might tape differently to you, um, et cetera. So that can be a big, big uh, bonus. Mm. When I worked, at, you know, in gymnastics for the Commonwealth Games when they were up in the the Gold Coast and and learned a lot about, you know, um, injuries and how physios, uh, you know, what their role is, or I can't really say game day, competition day, you know, what, what, what you do. So that was interesting, you know, understanding that the venue will have the physio and the doctor. So if there is an injury, it's up to the venue um, to get the medical uh, to that uh, athlete, and then when they're taken off behind the scenes, that's when the team doctor, team physio, um, can come into play. So, it you know you've you've got different roles there, mm. um, and like in the clinic that I was just at, you, you had a lot of the acute stuff. So even concussion, like um, there was a fair bit of concussion. Uh, so that's your other acute stuff. And then you've got the workers. So then you've got, you know, the repetitive strain injuries and all of that sort of stuff. So you've got a whole range of presentations that, you know, in your clinic, you know, my one day a week that I, I would not see. <laughs> so it's really getting that experience up and it gets your confidence up as well. I mean, I work as well with the um, AFLW, like the Academy, uh, so Australian Football League and the women's. Um, I'm coming up to do another game um, with the Indigenous uh, representative side. Um, it's going to be a curtain raiser. I'm looking forward to it. But the, the thing that I like about it is I'm at that point now where I can, you know, anything that I need to tape, I'm quite happy to tape. Like I, I have that many reserves and libraries in my head of how to tape, <laughs> you know. And, and that's, if, to the point, though, that's all come from a lot of volunteer work and a lot mm. of lot of experience that you you just said yes to, or just ask someone, I'd like to help out with that, or yeah, I'd, I'd like to be involved. Sure. Exactly, and you know, just. There's always places that you can do, like always events that you can do. Like I, I know there's university games, et cetera. So if you're really into the sport, like the volunteering, like I did, I did that much volunteering um, initially. And the thing with volunteering is often that there's, you're not the only one volunteering. So you, you will learn from mm -hmm. other people. Um, and, you know, the other Really nice one is, you know, if, you, if you're in the city working or even in the country working with, you know, like your football teams as a trainer um, coming through, if you're not confident and then once you're confident then you've got your, your physios and your doctors um, so, you, you know, once you graduate and all of that sort of stuff. But if you, if I could go back again as a student, that would be one of the things that I would do is be, be a trainer for a football team. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, whilst I was... Having said that, when I was at uni, the best job that I had um, was being an orderly um, or a patient service attendant, I think that's what they are, PSA, in the hospital. Um, so helping the nurses, helping, you know, the, the run, you know, if someone needs a blood test, you're the one that gets the blood test from the ward and takes it down to pathology, et cetera. But the thing that really helped me with that job is understand the layout of a hospital um, and also understand sort of the nurses, 
um, role. And then when I went on clinical placement as a, as a student, it was interesting um, looking at the other students that were on with me, they'd get a patient, they'd see them, and this is a classic story I'll tell you because I find it funny. I knew that the nurse would be with the patient all the time. The doctor comes in, does their thing, but that could have been an hour or two hours before and they've written their notes um, and they could have taken a turn for the worst or, you know, just something might have happened in there. So I'd always ask the the nurse, you know, is it all right if I get this person up? And they'd say, yeah, yeah, they're feeling fine and they're actually ready. Do you mind helping me take him because they need a shower? And so then you can work as a team. Um, this uh, student that I was with, he just went to the notes, sort of, okay, I've got to get this guy up, and off he went. Didn't Tunnel ask vision. <laughs> didn't ask the, didn't even tell the nurse that's what he was going to do. And I came in, and she starts laughing. She says, oh, look at this, look at this. I've just given him an enema, and, he, and he's feeling quite nauseous too. So <laughs> he should not get him <laughs> hang up. On, hang on, people are trying to eat their breakfast here. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to keep physio foundations G-rated. <laughs> I don't want to tick the little box that says explicit content because that's more work for me. Yeah. But you can imagine uh, what happened there. So yeah. it did not end well. <laughs> and um, But it showed, you know, that, that experience of you don't have to be a physio to get the experience, you know. So for me, you know, being a ski instructor um, really got me to understand the mechanics or the biomechanics of skiing and how to teach it, et cetera. But the, the teaching of skiing is very particular. Um, and the, the way that you teach, you know, you've got to give them the visual cues. You've got to give them the audio clues. You've got to give them feedback. You've got to give them time practising. All of those points I then took to when I became a physio and doing the exercises and handing out exercises, I'd go through those points. And a lot of my colleagues would get frustrated that their patients weren't doing the exercises, um, whereas I wasn't getting that because I, I'd give them all those opportunities and the feedback, et cetera. So I was quite confident that they knew how to do the exercises. Um, and if they got it wrong, I was already there and correcting it. And also when they came back, they would tell me, a, whether they were doing it or not, and when they didn't do it, they said, oh, I, they had the confidence to say, oh, actually, I forgot how to do it, and, that, and they weren't too embarrassed because we'd actually spent some time. Um, some physios tend to go, okay, here's the exercises, off you go, or just have a quick um, go at it, and then the prescription sometimes isn't there either because the, the physios, okay, three times 10 and they'll just do a couple of the reps with them rather than actually seeing, okay, where do they fatigue? You know, how? Yeah, that, on that one, I don't know. We, we always hear that on social media that, and it's, all, it's a nice convenience. And I shouldn't say, say physios. To say, to, to, yeah. to say about other people because you weren't there, right, that, that they mm. did this and they did that. You know, who knows what was actually attempted, but I think you've hit the nail on the head there. It's it's not actually the number of reps here. You t you're giving someone a rehab exercise. You really need to be looking for the point of fatigue and coaching them through it and basing your prescription on what they can currently do and giving them progression. And that's potentially what's missing sometimes rather than the, the idea that the, someone just gave someone three by 10, I don't know. And Maybe I, they ended up there. And it was and the process, not the, the not the goal that was the problem. And look, and sometimes, look, the three times 10 is perfect, especially when they first 
um, start out and, hey, pain is the issue and all you want to do is get their confidence up and get them going and as long as the pain's not uh, getting worse um, and then you're not necessarily so focused on your dosage, you're focused more on them doing it. Um, and then once they get past where pain is maybe not uh, the, the biggest issue is now let's uh, focus on getting some of that muscle strength back, getting some endurance, power, whatever it is, then becoming more specific. So, again, that's that's a different um sort of presentation and prescription in that, you know, those early phases um, where you're just getting them confident with exercises that they're not going to necessarily flare up, et cetera, and you're just getting them to do it. And you know that the three times 10 isn't going to flare them up necessarily. Um, so that, There's an alternative that, take on that. Yeah. yeah. So, nice. so it depends on what stage you're at too. So, um, but yes. Lot, yeah, great. Lots I of think, gold there. But, yes, yeah, so uh, to wrap it up, uh, I really enjoyed my time away. The other thing that I like about it uh, going away is just the learning, but having that self-reflection, you know, you don't have all the stimulus of home. So for me, it's a lot of family, obviously, and um, that sort of stuff. But even just being at home, you know, you've got your 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 partners, you've got your family, you've got all the, you know, friends and you always want to get out and go. Whereas when you go to these sorts of things on your own, you've got time to just reflect. Um, and, you know, if you want to stay behind and look up something in a textbook, you know, you don't have, well, dinner's waiting for me and all that sort of stuff. So it's sort of your time. Um, and I think that that's the best sort of environment for learning as well, just um, having a step back and, I uh, I will just quickly say this, although it's not quick. Um, I did go with a, uh, a professional team overseas. It was in Utah and um, it was, again, at a, a ski resort, even though the ski resort wasn't open yet. So they were just using the facilities and the high altitude. But the the main um, goal for taking the players there, and it tended to be the younger ones coming through, was to get away from that environment so that the pressures of the family and everyone around them right um, to, to understand their own bodies, their own recoveries and so that they could really look at what they needed. So they had the options of you know all the the massage, compression, uh, ice baths, etc so that they could figure out okay what are the one percenters that my body needs because they, they would really put them through training. And then it was up to them. Um, so it gave them, that was the thing. They said, if you want to be a professional, you now have to take charge of what you need to do. And and you sort of don't, it's hard when you've got all these other pressures on the outside. Mm. So putting well, yourself in that. <laughs> mm. well, like you're saying, is it's the same for a health professional. Mm. And you know, the, the real reason for you going there was a well-deserved break from all the family responsibilities. You're doing your PhD full-time, you're working in the clinic. You go up there and just have a fresh look at everything. And and also, how many runs did you get in? Do you think <laughs> how many? Because that's, that's the thing. You've paid, you sort of paid for your week away skiing. How much would that cost, do you think, to go for um, oh, look, it, it, accommodation, it, it, it's lift expensive. tickets and everything? Yeah, so but it's I, sometimes I a, a creative way of getting a holiday in as well. Well, I had a, I had a number in my head. Um, so I was lucky enough, let's just say $100 for the lift ticket um, is my discounted rate. 
So the the real rate is much more expensive. But that was for the day. And I I did that on a half day. And I thought, well, if I get 10 runs in, that's $10 a run. And I'm I'm happy with that. But I'd be really happy if I did 20 runs, which is five uh, which is five dollars per run. So that was my goal. And I, I achieved that, but at the expense of my thighs, my quadriceps, <laughs> who uh, were screaming. <laughs> they were screaming at me. They were going, come on. Um, but having put myself through that, and that's the other thing that I like to do, is um, if you give exercises, make sure you've done the exercise yourself so that you know what it feels oh, like. Oh, yes, so when please. You- Please yeah. just do, yeah, don't don't prescribe exercises you've never done yourself. So this Public service same. announcement. <laughs> so this was the same. So my 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 thighs were on fire and what we have is a gap game ready, which is this compression sleeve um, and then it puts ice water through it. So, you, so you're getting the ice plus the compression. And, you know, I've given it to people before, but I thought, you know, well, I really should know what this feels like myself. And um, so that's what I did. And I must admit that it really did feel pretty good the next day. I thought I'd be a lot sore, but that game ready, it was uh, that ice compression was uh, fantastic. So then, of course, that helps me when people come in and, you know, they're quite sore. Oh, look, there's this option of this, you know, intervention here. Yeah, we're not talking about evidence. We're talking here about personal experience and the, the weighting you could give to that. Yeah. Hey, just, a, just a quick question. Um, have we found a cure for snowboarding yet? <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs> we'll cut that bit out later, won't we? No. Good one. No. Okay, so, fine. I, so to finish off, oh, you go on. I was going to say, look, I, I think what you're getting more and more of uh, now is a lot of people that do both. Uh, they do skiing and snowboarding, and I can tell you that I had – a few snowboarders that did some injuries um, and so they went back to skiing and uh, also the other way around. So, Shout out to all our friends around the world who snowboard. We still love you. Yeah. Uh, you don't love us anymore. Um, skiers, all, all the physio students listening to this, wherever you are, all the other health professional students, I know that we've called this Physio Foundations because that's our background, but anyone who's remotely interested in sports, therapy, uh, any sort of uh, athletic training, um, trainers, coaches, athletes, anyone who's listening to this who has a sports background or interest in skiing or other types of sports, um, good luck with everything that you do and we hope that you find this helpful. So uh, any final thoughts, Susanna, before we wrap this thing up? Thanks for your contributions here. It was some gold in that episode. (laughs) I just hope people like our ramblings, and I'm sorry I, I do ramble on. <laughs> Podcasts are for rambling. This is It's a casual <laughs> chat where you talk about experiences, you share ideas, and the whole idea is like your big theme of this episode is to be in the network. So the reason you were up there and you had that opportunity was, wasn't because you applied for a job, right? It was purely that big network that you've developed over the years and you've been working on and you put effort into like any friendships or family or, or network, you put effort into connecting with people and, and asking how they are and following up with them. And then opportunities come up and then you say yes to them. And, and I must admit, yeah. Yeah. So, so the best jobs are not advertised is someone told me that. Um, and one of the best tattoos I saw uh, 
just offhand here now, um, in my time in the clinic was not all wonderers are lost. Ah, uh, yeah. I liked that one. So, you know, do wonder the world. You know, Luke and I, we've travelled the world. It's, it's, you know, the experiences you get are so good. And you can even do it in your own country. Like in, we've uh, worked in Adelaide, we've worked in Melbourne, we've worked up in Darwin, we've, you know, Brisbane, lots and lots of places. So I just find that just being where you are in the one spot um, tends to work in a particular way. And these opportunities where you can just go for a week or two and work in a clinic um, that's outside your realm, you just learn so much, not just there, but you can then bring that back to your clinic or wherever you work. And I, I, for example, just quickly, my PhD application, um, I had to put in all my jobs and I had over 20 jobs that I've done. So um, just, yeah, every little place you go, it's always something new and it's exciting. Well, we've got a travelling around the world theme here, which is something that you really, it's one of the perks that you get from work, having a health professions degree. You can travel and your skills are transferable and highly sought after and you can help people all around the world. So I just want to shout out to people all over the world who are listening to this. We've got people in countries all over Asia and America and Europe and New Zealand, Australia. So keep doing that good stuff that you do. If you're studying, it's a grind sometimes, but it's so worth it. Keep it up. Just keep going. Keep focusing on why you're doing this. And um, if you're working, and you, like you've, if you do feel isolated in any way, listen to the, the messages Susanna's giving you here. There's, it, it can be a, an amazing career when you let go of the idea of this concept of having to know everything and being autonomous and I'm, I'm the center of everything and just go out there and just talk to everybody and see where you can go. And also our... Yeah, our regular listeners, shout out to you and thanks for your support of the podcast. Remember, everyone, you can help us out so much by just putting this on social media, put the link on there and sharing it with a friend. Podcasts are a real slow burn. They really don't get found out until you share them. Most of the um, growth of a podcast comes from listeners referring it to someone else. So that's what you can do if you want to help get these messages out to other people and we can build a community. All right, let's leave it there, Susanna. Thanks so much. Now Thank I'm going to you. go back to the other room and we're going to go walk the dog. <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> Different to the snow. Now, I do appreciate you coming on and chatting to everyone. It's a, you've got so much to offer. So until next time, this is Susanna and Luke wishing you all the very best with your studying, professional development and lifelong learning. 